Hey guys, welcome back to the Max Spence Business Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, but before I jump into that, if you guys like the content I'm putting out, um, please like, subscribe, leave a review. It helps out a ton with the podcast. Um, but without further ado, today's guest is Dave. So Dave is the CEO of Freedom Venture Investments. Uh, Freedom Venture is a private equity firm focused on commercial real estate and making it easier for investors to get access to some of the best real estate deals. He's also the host of the a and TV show, Flipping Boston. Um, before running a private equity firm uh, and being the star of a real estate TV show, Dave was a firefighter for 16 years. It's great having you on the show, Dave. Thanks, man. That, that's the best intro I think I've had. The other ones have been way too long. Let's, let's hit the bullet points and rock and roll. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I, I'm actually really excited for this. Um, yeah, I was sort of doing a deep dive a little bit into your background, uh, you know, real estate and then the TV show. So I got some, uh, you know, some pretty interesting questions about that. And I would pretty much love to hear um, pretty much your answers to the questions. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's usually, you know, how did you get started? And like you said in the intro, I, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't come from Yale. I didn't come from jail. I didn't come from Harvard University either. You know, I pretty much a working class background and you know, I'm an immigrant to the States. I was born in England. I uh, uh, born in London. I, I grew up in the south coast of England and came over as a young guy in my 20s with, you know, stars in my eyes and big dreams. But um, yeah, landed that job as a firefighter and uh, a paramedic. Uh, loved it. You know, I've always had, um, I kind of talked today about a, a blue collar attitude and a white collar world of business. I mean, high finance today with the with the equity firm. But um you know, I think uh, I think my background has, has served me very well when it comes to working with uh, retail investors, right? I, I don't forget where I came from, working with my with my hands and, and my back as well as my brains. But um, you know, 16 years as a firefighter was a fantastic journey for me. I really enjoyed what I did there. However, I wasn't particularly um, uh, adept at, uh, at finance back then. I was I was really good at spending more money than I earned, which is a, a very American thing. And um, you know, I, I found myself in into financial challenges two thousand seven and eight, and it was that that moment in time that I needed to do something different. And um, you know, I I was working construction. Interesting story. I was working construction on my days off from the fire department, and. Um, I got to I got to see these real estate investor types, and they had a bigger smile on their face than I did. They were driving nicer cars than I were. Uh, they were wearing nicer clothes. You know, I'd be up to my up to my elbows in mud, mud, blood, sweat, and tears. And you know, these guys were you know just swishing in and out of the construction site. So I know they were doing something different. And uh, that that was that was the uh, the incipient moment of of starting to find out you know, how to do some things differently. And that's, uh, yeah, that's how I started in the real estate investing world. I went to a, went to a seminar and oh, uh, started okay. learning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's pretty interesting. So, so you're, you're seeing, you're working construction, seeing these other, uh, you know, real estate investors coming through and you're sort of piqued your interest in being like, well, you know, like, what are these guys doing? Like, what, what, what have they figured out that I haven't yet about, you know, um, you know, like how, how these guys are, you know, driving these nice cars and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I sort of want to jump now to, uh, I, so the thing I'm really interested in is, is that you've sort of scaled up really quickly into the, you know, into a hundred million dollar fund. Um, so I want to yeah. sort of talk about that, about how you actually scaled up into that, you know, uh, from starting as like, you know, a firefighter construction and then scaling up into that. How, how were you able to do that so quickly? Yeah, you know, 
it, it appears to have happened quickly, but there's a there's a lot of work that goes into any business, right? There's there's you, you got to build a foundation of both knowledge and implementation. I think there's a lot of people out there that are really good at learning, but they're not necessarily so good at implementing what they've learned. And um, I was kind of the reverse of that. I was always implementing and then learning from a lot of my own mistakes along the way, which, you know, some were small, some were not so small. But, um, you know, my career span now over, you know, I would say 25 years, you know, 15, 10, 15 years on the construction side while firefighting, and then another 15 years in the investment side. And, um, you know, to be where I am today, I've, I've learned uh, residential real estate from, from the TV show aspect of it, you know, buying a house, um, fixing it up and selling it for profit and all of the challenges that that involves. So it's been, a, it's been a ground up business journey for me, just like ground up construction starts with a foundation. Then you put up the walls, the roof, the siding, the interior, the electrical, the plumbing, you know, you kind of build a business the same way. And, um, you know, my journey, although I'm, I'm known probably best as the, you know, the guy from the TV show Flip in Boston that aired on A&E Network, um, I was always in the commercial real estate space at the same time. And what's interesting, Max, is there's nothing, you know, there's nothing visually sexy about commercial real estate investing, right? It's a, a very large apartment complex. Maybe it's got a nice swimming pool and some palm trees as, as some of our assets that we underwrite do down in Florida, but you know, it doesn't have that Saturday morning HGTV pop and feel to it. But what is uh, incredibly exciting about commercial real estate is its cash flow potential. You know, you, you think of it as a piece of commercial real estate without getting too corny as, as an ATM, right? You, you fix up the machine and then the machine prints money. Uh, legally, honestly, and ethically. And the better you are at managing each of those assets, the better you are at creating value, not only for yourselves as a company, but for the investors that join you. So, you know, when I, I my, my own personal portfolio maxed out at around 120 doors, not a lot. Um, we just liquidated that recently. Actually, it was in uh, Sanford in Maine. So I was always building that while I was doing everything else I was doing. But um you know, the transition from uh, where I was to where we are is, is, has uh, accelerated due to COVID. Um, what happened was this, is that uh, at the beginning of 2020, I was um, heavily involved in a hard money lending business. So we would lend capital to buy, fix and flip uh, investors. Um, we worked off of a $50 million line of credit. And what the, the, the system was designed that we would write the loans from the line of credit, but the credit line needed to be reimbursed within seven days. So the way that we did that was, was we had Wall Street were buying our notes um, and we were making money on the yield and the, uh, the origination. The business was doing really well. I mean, I had 15 million in, in loan origination coming down the pike. And then uh, as soon as COVID hit, uh, Wall Street said, yeah, we're not buying your notes anymore. So as soon as Wall Street, it's called non-QM non loans or non-QM lending. And as soon as the, the, the non-QM uh, owner-occupied uh, loan business went downhill, I went out of business. And, um, you know, it took maybe two weeks to step back, regroup. Um, and it, I always knew what I'm about to tell you, but to, to face the reality of it was something different. 
he and or she or they who control the capital win the race, right? Uh, Bank of America is Bank of America because they control the capital. The large head funds uh, are in the position they're in because they control the capital. Uh, Yale Endowment controls the capital. Harvard Retirement uh, Endowment c- controls the capital. So I looked at the scenario and I said, I don't ever want to be in a position where somebody else has control over the capital anymore. What's the next play? And um, COVID has created uh, an unprecedented opportunity in apartment house investing in a very specific, um, what we call buy box, asset class. And I'll get into that in a minute. But when I saw the amount of inventory that was available um, in a market where I'd already established fantastic relationships in the south of Florida, Gulf Coast region, I went to my team there, a gentleman by the name of Walter Novicki, who had um, done ground up and uh, repositioning of apartment complexes for over 25 years in that market. So he's known as, as the player. He's known as the closer, right? He's, uh, he's the go-to guy. Walter and I have, uh, you know, we, we, we talked and he said, look, man, he said, we can do what are called syndicated deals. Let's do, you know, one at a time, raise private equity, buy, you know, a 40 to 150 unit apartment complex, reposition it, make it more valuable by its cash flow. He said, or instead of just doing one or two, why don't we, why don't we buy them all? And I'm like, okay, now you piqued my interest, Walter. <laughs> I'm listening. And he said, look, man, he said that the, the mom and pop apartment owner is suffering badly right now because of COVID. They didn't have any reserves going in. Their occupancies weren't where they needed to be. Um, they've just kind of like been hanging on anyway. And then COVID has really been um, uh, um, an impact that has really eliminated um, the, the underperformers, the, the amateurs, because they can't, they can't sustain through, through the challenge. Well, that creates uh, buying opportunities for us. And he said, look, man, I can find these assets with enough spread or yield between the market cap rate and what we buy them at to be able to put together a fund, a pool, and we'll buy all of them. So think of them like, um, like a, uh, you know, the stock market puts all the different companies, you know, into one fund. Um, we put all of the, the real estate, different assets all into one fund, all in a specific buy box. And that allows our investors to uh, look at targeted double-digit returns. So it's, it's a pretty exciting time. You know, you ask, you ask about speed of scale. You know, this fund has been, you know, it was four to six months um, of, you know, Securities and Exchange Commission rules and regulations, um, background checks, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to be able to put the fund together. Uh, then, you know, six months of capital raising, another six months of capital raising. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It's mature investing. It's a different, uh, it's a different game altogether from, from the single family stuff. But as I said before, I've always been in commercial real estate. So now this thing's, um, you know, it's got some, some legs under it. It's accelerating quite nicely. Lead generation is ridiculous. Um, institutional capital is now coming to the table. So, you know, these, these smaller high net worth individuals and uh, what are called family offices, uh, they're beginning to look at our business plan and us as a team, they see the infrastructure being there. So they're starting to talk about checks of 10 to 15 to 20 million uh, so that they can, you can park that capital 
in a it's where the uh, it's where the wealthy park capital for long-term growth is what it's uh, what it's coined to be so yeah that's what we're up to man kind of kind of crazy time but kind of crazy cool at the same time you know yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Just listening to you, I was like, I was like, this, this is crazy. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is like making that transition into like, you know, taking, you know, pretty much starting this business and taking it to the next level of starting to fund. Um, and, you know, starting to work with like these bigger banks and, you know, hedge funds mm-hmm. or pension funds and all mm-hmm. these type of players and stuff in these family offices. Yeah. Were, were you nervous at all going into this? You know, that's, that's such a good question, Max. What, one of the things I'm very good at is surveying my landscape and then pivoting appropriately. Um, prior to um, the fund and the capital raise and these new relationships, you know, I was very vested mentally in um, the actual physical real estate, right? Like I can walk a building, look at a building, underwrite a building. I can do that in probably 30 minutes. But what I wasn't incredibly vested in was the financial um, flow, if you will, uh, in the marketplace. Um, I am in finance today. I never thought I'd I'd say that, right? Um, So I I needed to learn very quickly, um, you know, the expectations of yield, right? I wasn't using the term yield prior to the prior to the fund, I was always using the term of interest rate, right? Um, but it's, it's interesting how um, you start looking at fund structures and understanding the difference between GP and LP, uh, general partner and limited partner. The limited partner brings the capital, the general partner runs the, runs the project or the fund. Um, you know, a, a, a net worth family's um, expectation of a $10 million equity check. I never thought I never thought I'd hear um, with a hundred million dollar fund. You're too small for us to invest in. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, was I nervous? Nervous in the sense of you know it has the financial side of it is a newer um, environment for me to to move into. But um, you know when when I commit to something, I commit all in. I don't half-ass anything. Never have. Um, you don't fight fires tentatively, right? Yet you, you go all in to, to put a building out and grab somebody from the third floor. And I look at, I look at what I do today the same way. I'm, um, I'm incredibly um, versed and competent uh, on the finance side. I can hold a discussion with, with anybody um, around these topics, you know, share the, the downside as well as the upside, right? Just like a real estate transaction, we hedge the downside uh, through expertise and um, the way that we we underwrite our, our properties, and then we accelerate the upside by, you know, simply um, you know, repositioning, making the asset uh, nicer, um, you know, uh, leasing up empty units, bringing the current tenancy um, up to market standard, and the income up to market standard through rents. So you know, I'm not nervous uh, about the world that I'm in. I love a challenge, Max. I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur, right? And an entrepreneur, I believe, is always dissatisfied. We're always looking for, for satisfaction. And my satisfaction comes through the building and the new relationships and the new conversations. So, no, I'm not nervous. What else you got? Bring it on. I'm good. <laughs> wow, that's awesome and incredible. And 
for, for I, I sort of tell like j- just from you, are, are, are you seem more of a person that's more of like instead of like you, I, I know you have tons of experience in real estate and, and knowledge and stuff, but w- when you face this new challenge, instead of like going back and you know researching, 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 you just started executing. Um, what, yeah. which I, what, I, I, I don't know if that's true. It's, it's just what I've got so far from you is just you, you seem as somebody that. Is- oh, you're, you're you're right on. You're right on. Look, man, I um. After the TV show, I was blessed to be in um, in the education uh, arena. So I've 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 trained uh, real estate investors. I've trained finance uh, around real estate um, to thousands of people, and some of the, the the smartest people I know. I mean, I talk a lot about um, I talk a lot about uh, you know Harvard and Yale as a, as a as a benchmark for for uh, education. And, um, you know, I've sat with some people that on paper are incredibly, incredibly educated. However, education doesn't always parallel right into um, uh, financial intelligence and business intelligence, right? Um, you know, the, the, the phrase analysis paralysis, right? You can research, 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 research. Give me, you know, give me another column and equation on a spreadsheet. It doesn't mean you're going to make any money, right? You got to at some point step into it, lean into it, execute on it. So, you know, to maybe to a fault at times, um, you know, I execute. I what is it? It's uh, shoot, aim, fire instead of ready, aim, fire. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, I shoot first and, and see where it where it went afterwards. I always say to my team, I'm going to make a mess. You guys are going to learn how to monetize it afterwards. <laughs> and uh, they, don't, they don't always appreciate it. Um, but the one thing that is important is to understand there are, you know, some areas in my business that are non-negotiable for that, that kind of attitude. And that's in investor capital. You know, um, I'm very proud to say I've never lost one dime of investor capital throughout my whole career from single family to what we do today. Um, you know, you only achieve that by, it was funny. I was on a, I was, my brain's going in 20 directions. I was on a, um, on a call yesterday with uh, one of my investors. He's a plastic surgeon, physician, you know, very intelligent man, earns a fantastic living. Uh, But he said to me, he said, I got to tell you, Dave, he said, you are the most, most conservative investor I have ever met. You know, he said, the amount of times you tell us not to do a deal and we don't always take the advice, we do it, make money. He said, so when you do tell us to do something, we know that, you know, everything has been uh, checked and, and balances taken into consideration. So, you know, I, I, I do I do go at a high rate of speed. Not everybody can keep up with me. But um, I think the reason for that, Max, is that opportunity goes in one or two directions towards us or away from us. Uh, I'm the guy who takes uh, action on an opportunity. Um, and my investors take action in my opportunity by investing alongside us, right? So uh, I, I'm fine being at the front of the front of the pack. Uh, I can take the lumps, bumps, and bruises. Um, I've already got a lot of scars from this business uh, that uh, people don't have to pay for. I've already done that for them. So you know, it's it's leverage. It's it's simply leverage, leveraging somebody else's experience. Yeah. You know, and we leverage our investors' capital. So it's a, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I uh, so what I want to ask now is like uh, you're in the education space and you're teaching, um, you know, real estate, and all this sort of stuff. And you've probably come into contact with, you know, I would probably say thousands of people in, in the real estate space. Um, so what, 
when you meet some of these people, these people that are wanting to aspire to be real estate investors or, you know, start a fund or get into the finance world, such as yourself, uh, what have you seen that has made them the most successful? Like what, what personal traits do you sort of like, like, is there any identifying traits that you've seen in these people? Like, yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Max. Yeah. Yeah. Um, action people taking action. Um, you know, I've watched people invest tens of thousands of dollars in their education to, to become real estate investors. And, you know, in the single family business, for example, if you're not making anywhere between 50 and 20 offers a month, if not more, you know, you're not going to find a deal. You're not going to make any money. You're not going to do anything. So again, to my point earlier, you know, um, stepping into something, putting one foot in front of the other, never paralleling. You know, parallel is just as, as, as destructive as, as going backwards. Um, you, you know, forward motion is what creates um, opportunities. So people who have um, also uh, uh, people with a lack of ego, right? Uh, some people like to tell you how smart they are, and yet their broke is a joke. So the people who are teachable, the people who seek mentorship, the people who seek guidance from people who've already done what they want to do, you know, those are the folks that I see are, uh, are successful over time. You know, to use my doctor for an example that, that I talked about uh, just now, you know, he refers to me as his mentor. And, um, you know, I think about that. That, that. that comes with a huge amount of responsibility on my shoulders. But it's also uh, a testament to him, you know, early 60s, uh, plastic surgeon, you know, everything, you know, screams and shouts, you know, um, success. And yet he comes to me because he doesn't have any success or skill sets yet in the uh, in the real estate space. So, you know, those those that seek shall find. So people who can, you know, check their pride and their ego at the door and be teachable um, are really the folks that I see create the most amount of success when they begin. So for yeah. sure, te be teachable and then be in action. Don't just sit there analyzing and running numbers all the time and talking turkey. You got to do something. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And those are some great points. Uh, I, I sort of want to jump now to uh, strategic partnerships. Uh, and I know you have a partnership with Kevin Harrington. And I was super interested to hear, like, how did you yeah. sort of network and sort of, you know, get that partnership and, you know, um, you, like, sort of to meet these people or, or to meet other people um, that like, let's say Kevin O'Leary or somebody like that sort of nature and, and, you know, network and start a strategic partnership with them. How, how did you sort of uh, do that? Yeah, good question. Again, um, look, when I was in the education space, it opened up a lot of doors for me. The TV show opened up a lot of doors for me. You know, uh, multiple appearances on Today's Show, Rachel Ray, Squawk Box, CNBC, CNN. You know, once you learn the power of marketing and marketing that brand, it opens doors for you. So Kevin and I had known each other for about eight or 10 years now. Uh, we'd interacted a couple of times. We've speaked at similar events together. And um, I knew that Kevin was in the Tampa market and I just reached out to him. And I said, look, man, we're launching a fund. All our acquisitions are going to be in this marketplace. I'd appreciate your, your business development skills and your team. And in return, you can come in and be a part of the GP, part of the partnership and the team. Um, you know, he did his own due diligence on us. He knew me personally. So that, that wasn't a challenge to do due diligence there as a, as a newer relationship. And um, he was like double, triple thumbs up. He was all over it. So we've been able to, you know, leverage both brands, you know, the shark and the, and the TV flipper, you know, it's a celebrity fund, which is, which is a rarity in and of itself, you know, it allows us to, to get a little disruption in the marketplace, get some of these stiff white shirts with their, you know, their la-di-da, uh, we can loosen them up a little bit, we, we give them a run for their money, 
And, um, you know, that that's really how that relationship has panned out. And it's interesting with other business opportunities spawn off of that, you know, for, for somebody else who's looking for strategic partnerships, uh, the first thing somebody needs to do, I would suggest, is actually write down your own value. You know, what is your what is your value add in the marketplace? What's special about you as an individual? And once you list those five, ten things, then you go out and find somebody who does not have those things and then offer those as services. And that's the law of reciprocity. Once you've got some uh, reciprocity in place and you've got some interaction that way, you know, then then the fun can really start. And you know, you might not you might not get uh, you know a number one sports celebrity to be, you know, to be a, a partner going forward. But um, I'll give you a classic example. This, this is, this is how partnerships work. And sometimes you have to pay for a seat at the table. So for me, um, you know, uh, professional athletes are part of my, uh, part of my, you know, my capital structure, if you will. And um, there's a guy who uh, played in the NFL. He played for the new England Patriots up here. But he has a business model that I've underwritten. It's a, a product and a, and a service that's coming to market. And um, I like it. You know, so I'll, I'll invest $25,000, $50,000 in this business for two reasons. And I, I tell them with transparency. One, I like the product. I'm going to make money on your product. But number two, it buys me a seat at the table with other athletes. So, you know, you look, you look for opportunities like that. You look for, for ways that you can bring you know, value and expertise to somebody else. And that creates a win-win, right? It, that win-win isn't, isn't corny. It's a reality, you know? So yeah. I, I search, I search for that stuff every day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's actually really smart of like, cause uh, I, I've heard a bit like, um, like I'm from Ottawa and then, you know, there's Ottawa Senators and stuff and sort of like um, there's a huge pool of money in the sports into like professional sports industry, but sort of working your yeah. way into that industry to sort of, you know, have these sports players come into your fund is, is hard to do. Cause I've heard it's a little bit like, you know, closed off a bit. Um, yeah. Trying to get in those rooms uh, quickly now. I, I sort of want to jump to uh, you talked about the TV show and sort of marketing yourself, uh, which I, I see you do really, really well. And I want uh, to sort of ask you about to give some advice on those points. One about how did you get uh, the TV show? Um, you know, how, how did you get that? And then two is uh, you know how how like what are your principles about marketing yourself? Yeah, um, the TV show was interesting. It was early in my uh, in my career. Um, flipping houses. I was still working in the fire department, still working construction on my days off and then, you know, starting this, this house flipping business. But, um, you know, I had a chance to, to be around some of these info marketers through the seminar world and the education space as well. And um, I got a little bit of a reputation as being, uh, being a good guy to, to learn from because I was doing what I was learning and somebody sent me an application. It was an info marketer said, hey, you should try this link. You're a funny guy. You know, see if, see if you can get yourself a TV show. And I sent in an application online and I loaded it with profanity because I knew I needed to separate myself from everybody else, right? Uh, you you, you got to learn how to make some noise. Uh, how, do you, how do you do that? You do it by, by being contrarian or incredibly funny or incredibly handsome or incredibly sexy. Uh, I'm lucky I'm all of those things. So it was easy for me. Uh, but uh, no, seriously, you know, I was contrarian. I made some noise and it got recognized. You know, they, they liked the way I sounded on the phone. Uh, they asked me to send them a little video snippet. I sent them some silliness while we were still in our, 
uh, in my turnout gear as a, as a firefighter. Um, and then they came down and shot a little, you know, sizzle reel, a 20 minute pilot thing that they shot. And then they sold it to A&E and the rest was history. So that's how I got that. But, you know, when it comes to marketing, um, I, I, you know, you, 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 it's interesting. You say I do a good job. I'd say I could do a, a, a lot better. You know, I, I know people that have not had the caveat of a TV show background who do a much better job of branding and marketing themselves than I ever have. Um, you know, marketing's a, an interesting landscape in which to, to, to navigate because there's so many people out there who promise you the world, you know, SEO optimization and, you know, Facebook ads and, and Instagram and now Clubhouse, which is the, the newest brand of, uh, of uh, social media that's out there. And it's, you know, there's a lot of people out there ready to take capital, you know, with their hand out and promise you the world. And yet it's an intangible, like you really, you know, if you don't understand the data and the, the analytics behind these, these marketing platforms, um, you know, you can spend a lot of money with a little result. And I've, you know, I've been in all, all sides of that equation. Some things really well, other things not so well. So, you know, for marketing, um, the message needs to be congruent. You know, you're not going to find Dave Seymour doing TikTok ads. You know, it does. It's not congruent with my accredited investors who invest hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, into our into our assets and our offerings. So, you know, they're not hanging out on TikTok. So, you know, you got to know what your avatar is, reverse engineer it, and uh, deliver a message that they understand. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. I I know we're coming to the end here. Uh, it's it's been absolutely amazing uh, listening to you, Dave. Uh, you know, hearing all the advice you're giving. Uh, before we go, uh, you know, what, what how how can people sort of you know find out more about you and, and what else is sort of like? Do you have any projects going on uh, that you want? to Yeah, share? yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it's it's interesting that the the Canadian investor loves loves the United States, right? Uh, we have a, a lot of communication and an influx from Canada. Uh, anybody that's got an interest in commercial real estate on the uh, on this side um, is more than welcome to reach out to us. You can grab us at uh, freedomventure.com, freedomventure.com. I'm old school, baby. I actually have a phone number, 781-922-4418. There is somebody who will actually answer that phone. We can set up a meeting. Um, but if you go to that website, there's some great education there. First of all, I want to bring anybody up the uh, up the education gradient first so that uh, they can begin to ask intelligent questions. Um, we answer those questions one on one. We'll answer those questions through uh, through our um, uh, application form, online form, just to get some information on our potential clients. And then before somebody invests one dollar with us, they have to uh, they have to talk to me personally first. <laughs> um I don't bring capital into any of our offerings without uh, meeting my investors first. I think, um, I think being available is something that separates me uh, and our company from, from most other capital raises when it comes to this. We have our fund. It is still in a capital raise. Um, it pays uh, uh, targeted returns of, of 10 to 14% quarterly distributions. Um, that's buying shares in our management company that manages the, uh, the assets in the fund. And then we also have a, um, a deal right now. It's uh, 81 units in the Florida market, uh, just um, northeast of Florida, Eustis and Leesburg. It's two assets, one seller, one, one acquisition. Um, that's a sweet little deal. Uh, that's a $3 million raise that um, we're just about to launch on that one. Um, so reach out to us, like I said, at freedomventure.com. And uh, you, you can find information on that, uh, that offering as well as the fund. 
So, uh, yeah, we're busy, man. Phones ringing, uh, teams, teams kicking butt, taking names. Our investors are saying thank you for the quarterly distributions. So it's, uh, it's good right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, th- th- that, that's all great to hear. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, and yeah, I, I hope to have you back on in the future so- at some point. Max, you call. I'll answer. I'll be here, buddy. I appreciate your time. Thank you.